Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Phil Elson joins us now, the voice of Razorback Baseball. This is awesome, isn't it? What's up, Wes? One more game, a final game, game three. No, this sucks because this means it's over after today. This has been such an entertaining College World Series. I don't want it to end. Can we take this into July? Well, it could have ended last night or yesterday. Yeah, but it didn't. Yeah, so we get one more. See, I'm being optimistic. I would like to say, now, obviously, I would rather the Razorbacks be playing in this, but I can't even imagine a more entertaining College World Series than we've seen. And yesterday is such, it's such an outlier. Like, if you look at every game played up until yesterday, how many runs did Florida score yesterday? 24, was it? Yeah, 24-4. No game had 24 runs scored in it. No game came anywhere close to 24 runs scored, and Florida does that in one game. That might have equaled their entire run total for the entire College World Series up to that. Yeah, they three to two final scores. You know, I mean, I, the announcers knew it. I mean, we're not in Omaha, so once we once they once they start talking and KP and and Burke are talking about the winds blowing out, this is going to be a bif- bit of a different day. Only one team took advantage of that. That's surprising too, because LSU is known for their hitters. LSU just looks sloppy to me, and I hate to think that they uh, were thinking ahead to today and knowing that they have schemes in their back pocket. And I know they wanted to win it yesterday, but I think. Just all those tight, close games. You think of those extra inning games that they've played. I think mentally it caught up to them yesterday, and they looked sloppy. They were making errors. Their pitchers, uh, their quality pitchers at the beginning of the game weren't very good, and their hitters weren't very good. See, I wonder if maybe they got a little sloppy after they got the lead. You know, they might have relaxed in their mind a little bit. When it was three to nothing, three yeah, to one. Yeah, I mean, when it's three to one, not when it's yeah. one nothing, because Florida answered back right after that. But when it's three to one, you know, and and. You know, they, they, I, I can't put my, my myself in their mindset. I can only know from what I've seen. And, I mean, they at times they've been a little sloppy in the field, especially the two guys that made some miscues yesterday, yeah. Thompson and and Tommy White. Um, so And, and look, the, the, we were sort of waiting for a game like that to happen, not like 24-3 to 3 or something, but for LSU's pitching to give way. You know, it it should have happened last week when Ackenhausen pitched against uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. but he was great. So I mean, that was the you know what it's like when you drop into the losers bracket in the College World Series. You have to have a game like that, especially when you're a team like LSU, whose pitching has been um, just uneven throughout the year. Unless it's been Paul Skeens, everybody's been uneven on that team. So uh, I don't know if it was a matter they got sloppy or just took their eye off the ball once they had the lead, uh, but. I was kind of waiting for a game like that to happen, and it finally did. We were, we talked about this last week, uh, but LSU staff, they had played 46 innings and had allowed a run in just four of those 46 innings. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Then you go back to the Super Regionals, and, and LSU's uh, count the College World Series before yesterday, and the Super Regionals, their ERA was 1.52. Right. And this was a staff that was maligned. six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, was uh, – it was bad. Yeah, yeah, maligned. They were routinely giving up big leads in the seventh, eighth, ninth innings. When 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 Mississippi State came back from what was it down eight or nine runs in the last couple of innings in a game, and as bad as Mississippi yeah. State was, then now they that they team had some hitters, but for just for them to be able to keep LSU off the scoreboard for the bottom of that ninth inning was a shocker enough. Uh, that's when I started to think, my gosh, maybe this. Maybe this number one team isn't really good enough to make it to the College World Series. Well, they are. They are. All these guys have good stuff. It's a matter of if you can compete. 
And, um, you know, what we've seen, Ty Floyd can compete. Thatcher Hurd can compete. Riley Cooper, yeah. that dude can compete. Now, he did, he, he's the modern-day college baseball Sid Fernandez. You remember Sid, El Sid? Yeah. Big, chunky lefty pitched for 85 years in the major leagues. We remember him with the Mets in, in 86. Um, you know, Jesse Orozco, that kind of guy. Just a bad-looking body, but the dude can throw, and he knows what he's doing. They got a bunch of those on that team. They do. Cade Beloso. <laughs> looks yeah. like he belongs in a beer league, in a beer softball. Yeah. And he hits like it, too. He launches them. <laughs> I mean, it's they, 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 Beloso and and Riley Cooper looked like they were separated at birth. What what do you do with Skeens if you're uh, Jay Johnson? Uh, you you save him for when you got to get out of an inning. Yeah, you can't start him today. Right? You can't start him today. You can't expect him or or hope that he's going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, coach, I got 120 in me today. You can't do that. You can't even allow that. He can't, he can't allow that to happen as well. He's going to have to dial down the, the competitive nature to want to be the dude that he's been all year long. You know, with another day of rest, with another two days of rest, have at it. Under the old structure of the College World Series, before they kind of compacted it two years ago, maybe he'd be good to go. If they had a rain out. He might be good to go. Mm-hmm. But I think you start thir- uh, Thatcher Hurd. I don't remember how many pitches he threw the other day when he relieved Skeens, but it wasn't 120 like Skeens. Um, but this would be a bullpen day for him. So it's not like you're overworking him if he pitches a bullpen session worth or maybe a little more. What is a bullpen session? I mean, how many pitches it, are you talking I think it depends pitcher to pitcher. Some pitchers... You know, it's just, it depends on who it is. But for a guy like that, I mean, he's a big body. He's got great mechanics. There's no wasted motion. Um, I would say 45 to 60, something like that. But you can't start him because Thatcher Hurd's good, too. Mm-hmm. And you can tr- they can trust him. Now, in, in all honesty, Iowa blows up in their faces. I mean, I'm all Florida at this. Anybody, I was going to, not anybody but LSU. I was anybody but LSU in Tennessee. Um, I was rooting for TCU for obvious reasons, just to root for the team that beats you. And I was rooting for Wake Forest because of the stupid streak, which people call a jinx, which is not a jinx. There's a difference between a streak and a jinx. That's a streak. Um, and it's just, it just shows you the nature of the sport of the game, of, uh, of the college baseball. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been rooting against LSU. That's not to say I, I admire that team for, for how they've, uh, come out of uh, of this loser's bracket and they play gritty they're they're a fun team to watch i don't like them but they're a fun team to watch and they're they're talented yes i mean uh, i mean just and they look have fun. at the major league baseball draft and you're going to see that and then in the future years they've got other guys that are not draft eligible that will be drafted this is a very talented team that that was number one for basically half the year they're, they're, it's not a uh, cinderella story this is a very talented good team they are now I shouldn't say top heavy West, but the 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 amount of talent at the top of the draft on that team is unlike anything I've seen before. It reminds me a little bit of what was it, 2015 Vanderbilt? They had Carson yeah. Fulmer and Dansby Swanson on that team, both first rounders, but they didn't they weren't going to go one and one and one two like these guys right. are, um, and they also weren't major league ready like Skeens is or like. I mean, I don't know about Cruz. I think a pitcher might be closer to, to, to Major League ready than a hitter in almost any situation uh, just because his stuff will pitch. Like, Cruz will get to the big league soon, and he'll be good there. I just got a hitter needs a little 
a little time. And the other thing is, you're not going to shut down a hitter. You're going to shut down a pitcher that's never thrown this many pitches in his life before, and 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 probably, you know, get him ready for next year. Who has the number one pick in the draft? It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's what I was just thinking. Again. All right. Who you want? I mean, I've gone back and forth in, on this all year, and you know, like I'm a Pirates fan, but I hate love the Pirates. Growing up in Pittsburgh, I can't like erase them from my brain because they're just attached to my DNA. But I hate them at the same time because they don't deserve the love and the passion that a lot of people who I know back home in Pittsburgh still give to them. I would, I would want to go to as many Pirates games if I lived there, but I would do everything I can to make sure that every ticket was free. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how I am with them. Uh, but who do I want? I've gone back and forth with this all year. It's tough to go against the guy who's an everyday player in Cruz who has no weakness and plays such an important position. And, and has power and speed and looks like a great teammate and could be all about him, but I don't think that's who he is. Yeah. But I think it's tough to go against the dude who's ready to pitch in the majors right now. And if he's throwing 102, 103 now, he might throw harder in the future. And you're just waiting for the Tommy John. Everybody's waiting for the Tommy John. It feels like a rite of passage for any pitcher, especially with an arm like that. Um, and that's the thing that scares me about him. Uh, so, but I'd have a tough time going against Skeens because when I'm watching him pitch against these College World Series lineups that are really good, and he's he, it's like, why do you even bring a bat up to the plate most of the time? It's nuts. I probably would go with Skeens. It's a tough call. It is. It is, and it sucks that you got to have that call because you're such a bad team. But hey, you know how many times have they had? And look, we've got so we've got over here on this inductees list. There's another former. 1-1 pick of the Pirates, Jeff King, 1985, was the first overall pick. I turned into a huge get Jeff King fan. Before I even knew where Arkansas was located, I loved Jeff King. And 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 King and Jeff and Greg Swindell were the one two were the one and two picks that year. Swindell just talked about it because he was he was on the radio on the uh, on the call for the Arkansas for the Fayetteville region. Yeah. Um, I don't know who. It's almost the same kind of thing, you know. Swindell had a longer career than King did. Nobody realized Jeff King didn't really like playing baseball very much. <laughs> that was kind of the reason that he didn't stick around for a long, long time. But um, I, I hate that my team has the pick, but and I also don't like what, that the draft is where it is. Um, you realize that when they moved the draft, you remember when it happened, 2020, the draft was going to be in Omaha mm -hmm. at the College World mm -hmm. Series the day before. Yeah. It was like, this is awesome. This is exactly the way it would be. Nobody's going to get picked while they're on the field. Um, it's it's happening around the time where we can kind of look like there's a link between college baseball and Major League Baseball. Pandemic happened. Nobody knew what to do. They pushed the draft, five-round draft into July. It stays there. They marry it with the All-Star game. That's the reason Caden Wallace wasn't playing for the Razorbacks this last year because – they moved the draft within 45 days of his birthday. He's draft eligible as a sophomore. He would have been the third baseman this last year. Um, and and it, um, it, this last month is just such uncertainty for college baseball teams, especially those that are at the College World Series. Hasn't stopped Florida from getting Colby Shelton to transfer from Alabama with 25 home runs. But And LSU got a uh, Alabama's relief pitcher. Yeah. Uh, he's from Monroe. He's going back home. But they're, they're still hitting the portal while they're there. Yeah, well, I, I just um, I hope they make the right choice. They're going to pick either one of those two guys. You'd say neither one of them is the wrong choice. You don't know until yeah. six or seven years from now.
Uh, speaking of the portal, the Razorbacks have hit, uh, I guess, now five guys in the portal that are uh, coming to play ball. Any thoughts? Let's see if I can remember them here. you got um, White, the catcher from Texas Tech. You've got um, Jack Wagner, not the former General Hospital actor and singer, um, but a uh, an infielder from Tarleton State. I'm gonna have a lot of fun with Jack Wagner throughout next season. Yeah. Um, there's Wahiwa Aloy, the shortstop from Sacramento State. I was gonna let you say that. Wahiwa Aloy. Wahila. Wahiwa. Wahiwa. I think it's Wahiwa. Okay. Wahiwa. Yeah. Kind of goes along with like Maui Ahuna okay. from last year. Another shortstop who transferred into the SEC. Uh, you got, I forget the name of the left-handed pitcher who's transferring in from Kansas. Nice to see a lefty. Hewitt. Pitch and relief. Hewitt. And have I missed on anybody Center else? fielder from Missouri. Uh, Ty Wilmsmeyer, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew going into the offseason you were going to get, I think I thought you are going to be looking at catcher, shortstop, center fielder, and whatever pitchers you can land on. Um, and they're still not done. I think I think they'll be. I think there'll be more pitchers on the way. I'm not sure about position players any longer. You you look at what he's done. That's Dave Van Horn, right up the middle. Catcher, shortstop, yep. center fielder. I know they got a great signing class coming in, and if they come, that's a bonus. If they don't, they've got a backup plan now. Well, that's the other aspect of the draft being where it is now. Yeah. It used to be you had another you had a month to you know for the, to to have a sense which one of these freshmen were going to show up on campus. And, and and it's just so much more uncertain. They'll have till, gosh, I think it's the end of August to make their decision whether or not they're signing a contract or not. And and once you know, once they make the decision, if they do to go to college, well, you better pack up and go because fall ball's starting pretty soon after that. So yeah, they have a. I mean, it's a great class. But you know this when you sign a great class that you're just going to get raked over the coals in the MLB draft, and that's going to happen this year. Do you think they know, have a good feeling about individual players if they're going to sign or if they're going to come to Fayetteville? Um, I think they know these kids well enough to have an understanding of their financial situation and whether or not they can uh, say no. if, If a kid gets drafted in the first couple rounds, I think he's gone first three rounds i think he's gone and and the major league baseball teams have to make sure that they sign those kids because you only have 20 picks now it used to be you had 40 and then before that you had however many you wanted mm-hmm. so you could take a flyer you really can't take flyers until you're in the latter half of the back 10 15 through 20 17 through 20 so it, it, i just think if somebody gets drafted rounds one two three four five they're gone they're gone. I mean, whatever they're slotted for doesn't mean that's what they're going to get in the bonus. Teams save money in the first round so they can spend more money in the third, fourth, fifth round. Um, but I, just on a rule on my own thought, if somebody gets drafted of the first five rounds, they're gone. Phil Elson with us, the voice of Razorback Baseball. How do you feel about the one-two punch they have next year with Hagen Smith and Brady Tiger? I love it. I mean, the stuff is off the charts. Off the charts. Um, and I, I think I think it's it's weird how it all worked out in the last couple of years because Hagen Smith was a starter originally. Brady Tiger was a reliever. Turns out Tiger's got the repertoire to be a starter, and I think he's got the staying power to do it too. We we barely saw him scratch the surface of what he can do as a starter because he they were bringing him back so carefully and cautiously from the the ligament strain, which was smart. Uh, but his changeup, we all talk about his curveball and everything. His changeup is as good as his curveball. I think Brady Tiger's going to pitch in the major leagues at some point. Uh, and I love him as a starter. I actually like Hagen Smith more as a reliever. Um, just because he can, in that sense, not worry about, well, I got, I'm supposed to go X amount of innings. Um, 
he just he just is is a little inefficient. Uh, his stuff, if he could be just a little more efficient with his stuff, he could be the most dominant pitcher in college baseball, or maybe one of the top five. Yeah. Um, but but you're still kind of waiting on that. Now the good news is that usually every year somebody takes a giant step forward, whether it's a pitcher, and a lot of times it's a pitcher. Uh, we saw Dylan Carter kind of doing that this year until the elbow injury. Um, Hagen Smith can still take that giant step forward. And if he does, that's Golden Spike stuff. I don't know if it'll happen. Even if it doesn't happen, he's still a really good college pitcher. Uh, I just think he's more suited in relief to the way he pitches now. Yeah, I like to tease him all the time. He, he was came on the show with mm-hmm. us a, a, each week that you know he had seven no hitters in high school, and I'm still waiting for that first one in college. <laughs> but he has that kind of stuff. That the problem would be the number of pitches for a nine inning game. To to do that, he would have to get some help, some early you know ground balls or stuff. But that's the kind of stuff he has. Yeah, he can be he can he can, he can be dominant. It's just I think he has no trouble getting to two strikes. It's just finishing the batter off sometimes is is an issue for him I'll, I'll let you go on this because every year it seems to be there's one guy that we think is gone and the draft comes around and we get a, a pleasant surprise you know brady slavens was kind of one you know mm-hmm. that we're like oh he's coming back so is there a guy that you think a pleasant surprise that you would uh say we could get this guy back well let's see who's uh who's who's available for the draft that could you know Tavian josenberger's gone i mean i think he's uh, he showed a lot last, especially the power. I think that he's gonna he's gonna end up going. Um, I don't know. I thought maybe Caleb Callie, maybe Callie. Um, I think he might have shown enough this last year, uh, middle of the season, second half of the season, uh, to show that that he can play third base at a professional level. He's a really good hitter, um, but. Maybe there, maybe maybe he doesn't go in the draft where he thinks he should. Maybe he goes uh, after the tenth round and and thinks that maybe he can get a little inside ten round. But then if he does that, he's going to lose his uh, he's going to lose his leverage. Yeah. But he's one guy that I think um, potentially could. I lied. One more freshman hitter that could step up next year and, and you know provide a uh, similar to what we saw this year. Uh, just somebody that takes that big step his sophomore year. Who you got your eye on? Oh. I mean, I, I think. I mean, Kendall Diggs. There's a there's another gear for Kendall. Uh, once he once he gets a little less passive in certain areas. Now he's not a freshman; he's a sophomore, and he's going to be playing right field next year. Uh, so, I think there's I think there's another gear for Kendall Diggs, um, even power wise. You know, what did he hit last year? He had 12, 13, 14 home runs. I think. I think he's got the capability for for closer to twenty um, if he's he, he's, he gets a little too selective sometimes, uh, but I could see a big jump for him. I'm also interested to see like what um, Ben McLaughlin might do if given a chance to play. Well, not given a chance to play every day, but just if he does play every day, because I think his kind of bat, um, I think his kind of bat can, because he's a line-to-line, gap-to-gap, smart hitter, uh, won a gold glove in juco ball, so you know we didn't get a chance to see him play the field very much because of the knee injury this year, and I think that affected him on the bases. So if he's really healthy, I'd, I'd be interested to see what he does too. Phil, thanks. I know you got to run. It's good, good to see you, Wes. It's good to catch up with you. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna try to make sure that my team beats yours today. Okay. Okay. It's on. <laughs> I'd see you, bud.